friends. Welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus between realities are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches and Lumberdor. Unfortunately, Doug had some responsibilities to take care of in his own dimension and will not be joining us for this transmission. This week, we thought we would look in on a box office flop that is a technical masterpiece. Missing Link is a 2019 American stop-motion animated adventure comedy written and directed by Chris Butler. It is produced by Laika and features the voices of Hugh Jackman, Zoe Saldana, David Williams, Stephen Fry, Matt Lucas, Timothy Oliphant, Amrita Akaria, Emma Thompson, and Zach Galifianakis. The plot follows a Sasquatch who, with the help of a British explorer, travels to the Himalayas to meet his Yeti cousins. The runtime is 94 minutes. The budget was $102.3 million, and it only grossed $26.2 million at the box office, losing about $101.3 million. The film did receive positive reviews from critics who praised the animation, the voiceover performances, the humor but it drew heavy criticisms due to the writing. Missing Link did win the Golden Globe Award for Best Animated Feature Film in 2020, making it the first non-computer animated film to win in that category and the first non-CGI film to win a Golden Globe since Waltz with Bashir. It also received a nomination at the 92nd Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature, but lost out to Toy Story 4. As always, there will be spoilers. So if this is a film that you are looking forward to watching, we recommend that you stop the transmission, go watch it, form your own opinion, and come back to us. If you happen to enjoy our conversations and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting our website at ourmidnightcake.com. So we're talking about uh, the Spider-Man, right? No. <laughs> the no. new Spider-Man from Sony? I feel like I have more to discuss about that than I do about what we actually watched. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I didn't love it. I mean, I liked it. I liked it. I was generally... I didn't expect you to love it. Like but... I said, generally delighted, but I don't know that I would r- run, run to watch it again anytime soon. I share your opinion to an extent. I, I think if I were to rewatch it, it would be more in the vein of trying to pick out all of the really cool things that they have going on with the with the creatures and the animation. And mm. I think that's why I that. love it so much. It's not necessarily the story, although although I do really appreciate the story. It is definitely not the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's at least like an original story that you you know i can't say that for a lot of films these days is it is it original original. (laughs) oh you mean like it's not based on a book or something Uh, well yeah is it kind of it may be is it i don't know they tend to do based stuff based on books box trolls based on a book Coraline. but nothing wrong with that at least it's not paranorman was wasn't it yeah i think so but anyway like i just the characters and the the sets and everything are so great you know that i think that always the quality of their animation has improved drastically just you know in in between films it keeps getting better and better you know that that's something 
I did want to discuss, I don't know if this is just my opinion or this is obvious fact. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas is probably at this point, the most popular stop motion animation film. I, I would say I'm, so. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or any of the Wallace and Gromit probably depending I, on. I'm, a, I'm aware of those, but I think that's more a genre that you have to be into. Yeah. Um, whereas, they're whereas foreign. Nightmare Before <laughs> I Christmas. I think that, that's what I was getting at, is that they're foreign. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they definitely have a, a broader uh, uh, like European appeal. Whereas Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas, just it seems like most of everyone loves that. Because Disney throws it in everyone's faces in Hot Topic. Not, not, so. not a lot, but every <laughs> it's now what's and kept then. Hot Topic in business for the past <laughs> 30 years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not often but every now and then i've heard people refer to the animation in that movie as though it were computer animation and now um, I, I don't share that opinion i i think i can tell from start to finish that it's stop motion oh yeah and and nightmare before christmas yeah totally i mean and that's not a knock to its quality i think it's very well done but i know it was it was something like 20 years ago right or 30 years ago they were setting up their own studio to do it and figuring a lot of stuff out. And Leica has had like five movies now to work on their technique yeah, uh, yes. and their method of animating all that to get to Leica where I agree, like, like the first 10 minutes of this thing, I was just astounded. I'm like, this is so good. It's so fluid and smooth that it mm-hmm. almost looks like computer animation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I don't. I, I wonder, like, isn't that a detriment to the craft? Maybe. I think some people may think so, but I, I mean, to me, anything like that, it's it's a it's a technique, it's a tool. If you can use it, any of those tools together to make a good product, I'm kind of okay with it. You know, if you want to just be true to like, that craft and just uh-huh. use clay, then amazing. Go do what you want. If you can use a computer and do it well, that's great. If you can't do any of those things and just do close-ups of people talking then you, you need to make a better movie because i'm just thinking like stop motion is not an easy process it's not no. quick oh, no it's not i mean it's probably it is tedious yeah frustrating at times it is fun and, I, I, yeah. I enjoy it <laughs> the, the little bit that i've been able to experiment with it the reason to do it is is kind of like people prefer vinyl to digital recordings because you can literally hear the medium it's been recorded on yeah that's a good point. With stop motion, as opposed to something like like traditional two D animation or or three D animation, computer animation, it exists in real space. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to have your your set, your lighting, your characters, and everything has to interact in the real world. It, it can be augmented by computers and special effects and all kinds of things like that, but it exists in the real world. <laughs> I think that's one thing that I really love about their movies, whether the stories are the best or not. They're used, at least unique in that way, where they put so much in to designing all the sets and the characters and everything that I just appreciate them so much because I know, one, the time that went into it, but just what effort they put into it to then add any other digital effects or stuff. It was made at the best quality even if the story may not resonate with everybody. I was thinking live action is still really just a series of flickering images. Yeah. Um, 
so in that way, uh, stop motion is really still just live action, just filmed a lot more slowly. <laughs> the history of stop motion is the history of cinema. I like that this movie had that flip book at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. in, in the credits. That's, that's funny. <laughs> Do you think they use like, uh, different like almost maybe like life-size puppet hands when they do that um, it, rather awesome. than rather than the puppets from the the film i would have i don't know about that particular scene but i know with mm. what the, they're building out that they really build out as much physically as they can unless it's like particular scenes to where it's just cost saving i'm assuming or special effect really special effects they're wanting because i know like the scene with um it, it is There's amazing big, how much of that is the big real. um the bar fight you know like they built out certain characters and certain elements in that scene but a lot of that scene is digital i think from what i remember watching some of the like the previews and behind the scenes stuff but it, they do such a good job of blending what they need to that it all really fits together really well that at this point it, i have a hard time telling with the, at least with their movies where the digital effects and the um the stop motion realistic props and stuff like that where that divide is because they're doing such a good job of blending everything and talking about the bar fight scene i don't know how you could keep it straight what every single character is doing at any given moment where they're every all wrestling angle. and throwing yeah. around yeah in every angle and everything so it would have to be a composite shot of some kind yeah. where you have multiple sets set up and then okay these are the, these characters are now wrestling and this guy is kicking the gun out of the other guy's hand and we'll, yeah. we'll all just put it together and and it looks amazing it yeah really does i wish the story was was better more I think, honestly that's that's probably my main issue with any of their films is that whether they're just original or they're just so different that it's probably not what most people are used to going to see any kind of animated film much less stop motion i mean i think they could do a better job telling the story but uh i don't know how to do that with whatever their technique is you know they I mean, they do such a good job. I, I don't know how they how they set up their workflow, or yeah. you know, okay, we, we have we have so much time to develop the story, and then or or while we're developing the story, we're also building the puppets and getting the scenes ready. But yeah, well, well, anything I, I would know. be better than Nightmare Before Christmas, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys have heard much about that that one's development process. Where oh, they, I think, yes. I think pretty much the story was based on the songs being written. <laughs> while they were filming it yeah and sketches i think <laughs> trying to make a tim burton sketch a practical thing that can yeah. exist in real space <laughs> talking about those and tiny it's gotta little be feet better too than uh the miyazaki process of uh constantly changing everything because it doesn't meet what he wants in his head <laughs> yes so I don't, I don't know. I am kind of never mind that you spent the last three months of your life, you know, animating the scene. It's out. <laughs> I am curious about their process a little bit more, but I know, like, just they do now show a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You you actually get to see maybe not you know oh, yeah, process from behind the scene process from part, uh, start to finish or you know the, like the, where they you show them see, build out the set just for that elephant walking. And, and the and and credits that's, that's that crazy was just a little too skinny and tall <laughs> i do agree the elephant seemed too skinny and tall to me but um the scene where they're walking in front of the giant logs 
that mm-hmm. are cut. I love that scene too. I don't know. Again, it's just a visual thing. There's just so much visual going on that I just really appreciate it. Most definitely. The actual shots are framed very well. And it's great to see the fluidity of the camera moving around the yeah. around the puppets. I think that's was I, another thing with this movie that I, I noticed that more in this and in Kubo than in previous films, just because they've enhanced all their technology, not just the, the stop motion, but they've enhanced digital stuff, the way they build everything. and um, It's very cinematic. Yeah, it's way more cinematic. That's what I was looking for, yeah. I think that's what I, I like about, about, at least about with the company, that they're not afraid to use kind of any tool in their toolbox to make the movie. Except for good writers. <laughs> it's kind of consistent across the board for them, you know? And I think that's probably why they haven't hit that uh, kind of award-winning movie yet. Missing Link was the 2020 Golden Globe winner for Best Animated Feature. Okay. Really? So it did get a Globe mm-hmm. thing. There you so, go. I had to take it away from them because uh, from the moment I saw... Um, I had to take it away from them. <laughs> Susan, all I could think of was how much he looked like a cake. Why does he look like a cake? He looks like frosting to me from head to toe. So you just want to lick him. I, I, it would have been fine if he were just an animal, but he was a main character, and all I could think was how much he looked like frosting. That's texture. <laughs> I now, now that you say that, I can see that. Yeah, I can too. But I, I was also incredibly impressed with how they've had little movements in his in his hair. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was her and stuff. Bravo for that, man. <laughs> He looked like legs holding up a cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. With Zach Galifianakis's voice coming out of the cake. <laughs> what did you think about the voice acting? I enjoyed I it. I thought they fit. I thought they, they really fit the characters. There was one bit I wanted to discuss that really actually did affect me. It's toward the end. I don't remember any of their names. It's when Hugh Jackman goes in for the kiss. Yeah. You know, and it's this thing where, you know, the relationship really just hasn't been set up properly. No. I kind of like really I kind of like that they're doing that in movies now where they're like we don't want to just put people together anymore. Actually, Lumberdor, do you remember your daughter had said something about it seems like movies just want people to kiss for no reason now. <laughs> yeah, that she was complaining about that in Ghostbusters, wasn't it? Of Ghostbusters? course, in Ghostbusters, it makes sense. There's a yeah. there, the, the, these two creatures have known each other for eons, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and just to me, in this movie, it happens, you know, and then the uh, Zoe Saldana character, she just mm-hmm. has to completely step out of the narrative to say, no, this is not how we tell stories now, you know? <laughs> and it really took me out of the movie. <laughs> It, it was a bit of that show don't tell, you know, where they they told us instead of showing us mm-hmm. yeah. where she could have just denied him, you know, and left it at that. I bring this up. The reason it really affected me, because I want to say about three movies ago, Paranorman, I think, did a similar thing and they handled it so deftly. They did it such a good job with it. Oh, that with I the hated guy's the- older brother. Yes, yes. Remember the the older sister had like drooled over this guy throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of get to the part where they're obviously going to get together at the end. And he says something about his boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was funny. I thought they did a good job with it back then. And in this, they just lumbered around and it was awful. More of that poor storytelling, I guess. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of setup payoff for that. 
Yeah. Right. I, uh, I enjoy that they, at least a lot of movies seem to feel like now that you need to really set that up instead of just having it happen. I didn't care for the the fact that they felt like they needed to like really, you know, dig in and illustrate. That's what we're doing. See, I'm all for some of the modern, I guess you'd call it woke <laughs> storytelling, but um, that's something I would, staunchly I would say. staunchly on the other side of that argument. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, sa- I'm saying this is something I would say probably does fall under the like false uh, signaling. So it's just something they wanted to do and they really didn't work it into the story that well. Yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate all the like the uh, dry humor and kind of crude jokes every now and then though. There was little subtle things like that that I think hit above just kind of your normal kids movie to where at least timing wise, I feel like hit a little bit better and made a little more sense to the story, at least even if the story didn't make sense. <laughs> well, not, not so much that the story didn't make sense, but that it was ill constructed. And I think that there's a great deal of potential with a story like that. There's, there's place for, you know, for character development and growth, um, how they interact with each other. There's a lot of, there can be a lot of heart and altruism. I think that's the thing I feel with a lot of their films is that there is always like a lot of heart in their films, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really, it's always kind of hits like last lackluster. Not the it's, impact. It's like, it should a, have. it's like a good dinosaur moment. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I remember watching that movie and thinking there's no way Pixar made this. Ah. Like, how did, how did this get past <laughs> How did this it's make like it to this point to where Pixar I'm watching it now? Direct to video <laughs> feature or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of liked the twist that, you know, it ended up that they weren't going to accept him and that how that's related to Hugh Jackman's story. And they were both, you know, kind of yeah. after something that wasn't really good for them. Oh, yes. That is a great development as far as. That was definitely the movie's strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then they get to go adventuring together, and that's fun. That's a nice yeah. way to end Partners. the movie. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug. Thank you, and good night. I watched the, uh, you know, um, Matt and Trey, they signed a deal to do like 14 South Park specials for Paramount Plus. Uh-huh. I, I watched the first of them uh, just the other day and it was fantastic. Was that the COVID related one? Post COVID. Post COVID, where they're, okay. it, it's sort of like a South Park all grown up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and Cartman is a rabbi. <laughs> I Is knew he? it. I knew. I said before they introduced him, I said, he's probably going to be the one that's done like the best. Like he's, he's like this nice family guy or something where they're all, the rest of them are kind of screwed he's, up. He's done the most good for the community. <laughs> I love the way they started um, bringing them all together and it felt sort of like the, uh, the it's scenario <laughs> yeah where where one of them yeah, calls like, the like other Stan's and they're like they're like Kenny, home Kenny's and... died <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
Got to go to his funeral. <laughs> <laughs> and what his what Siri is his wife, or you know something to that effect, where it's that's that's, oh, that's yeah, the relationship Alexa, that he has. Alexa. Oh yeah, Alexa. That's right. He's Alexa. got like an Alexa for a wife. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> oh, like they'll be fighting, and then all of a sudden she'll offer, like, "Would you like to know about the new headphones on Amazon?" 